Welcome to Wedding Photography Unveiled with your host, Martin Chung. Hey everyone, it's Martin, and today I just thought we'd do things a little bit differently. Rather than me just talking into the microphone or interviewing one other person, I thought we'd actually do a group podcast today. So sat next to me is my beautiful wife, Diger. For those of you who don't actually know, she's a wedding videographer in her own right. Her work is absolutely amazing. And I'm not just saying that because she's close enough to hit me if I say anything else. Her work is actually really incredible. So if you want to find out more about her, then do check out our website. It's www.noordinaryfilms.co.uk or Instagram as at noordinaryfilmsuk. But the reason we're both here today is we have been joined by two of our good friends and amazing fellow wedding photographers, Neil Redfern and Helen Williams. They've actually come all the way to ours to record a podcast for their channel. So I couldn't resist turning the tables on them and inviting them to be guests on our show too. They're both two of the nicest people in the business. So today we're going to talk about how they got started as wedding photographers, what they'd do differently if they were starting up in 2023. And also we can chat about some of the biggest mistakes we've made on the job and a lot of merit. So just in case you don't know, um, Neil and Helen run Flashmasters, which is, well, actually Neil or Helen, why don't you uh, introduce Flashmasters to us? Flashmasters is a community that we have set up in which we recognise and celebrate the world's best off-camera flash photography through community awards and something and else. Education. Education. Oh, the really important bit. Mons is saying this over and over. I thought it was seared into your brain really well. Not quite. You need to say it more. No. <laughs> and I've just finished recording a podcast for, for their podcast channel. Yeah. Thank you, Martin. So, um, and um, I thought, right, we'll turn the tables and uh, and get them on my, on my little podcast. I think it's more scary being the interviewer. No, interviewee. I don't know. Yeah, it would be interviewee. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, a bit yeah. more scary on this side. But no, we're, we're, we're honoured to be on. Thank you, Martin. No, it, it, it's, I tell you what, it's nerve-wracking on my side as well because you guys are obviously all pros at this now. You've done like so many podcasts. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> we do zero planning. We, we start recording our podcast five minutes after we've come up with the idea for the podcast <laughs> and there's a lot of editing goes on. And yeah, I'm usually uh, a few glasses of wine deep. So yeah, yeah I'm sober <laughs> recording a podcast. It feels very weird. Okay. So I guess... Um, Let's let's start off with um, how you guys first got into the industry. Oh, over to me again. Ladies first. <laughs> oh, that's very kind. Well, I personally, uh, previously to wedding photography, was a high school drama and theatre studies teacher. And the government's changed hands, shall we say, and the Conservative Party came on in. And I would say that they're not really the biggest supportive of creative art. Um, and at that point, teaching or, or my passion for teaching was very much sucked from me. Um, and I was very much looking forward to finding a different creative outlet because generally if I'm not being creative, I'm not happy. Uh, and then from there, I bought a camera, went to evening classes, at the local college and basically I'm sure most people found this when they made their way into wedding photography got completely sort of hoodwinked or tricked into photographing a wedding for a friend of a friend and it all started from there really yeah and I, I went full-time 
2015 I think yeah 2015 and since then I've just not looked back but yeah I've come from a very creative background teaching wasn't really doing that for me with the ridiculous amount of workload and paperwork and jumping through hoops so yeah decided to to go out and be a wedding photographer with practically no experience so yeah I threw myself in at the deep end great example (laughs) yeah yeah just go I'm gonna be a wedding photographer and yeah I'd shop three or four weddings before I left and was just like this is what I do now so yeah I just threw myself in it completely and went for it and I think Neil's journey was very different and much more planned <laughs> so when when you dis- had done three to four weddings what, what did, did you just suddenly wake up one day and think oh, that's it I think I'll go full-time now uh well I wanted to go part-time and do the sensible transition from being you know, a full-time teacher to being a full-time photographer. Um, However, the school just wasn't willing to offer that and they wouldn't offer me part-time. So I wasn't happy. I'd I'd reached actual like adrenal failure, proper burnout. So I was properly exhausted with it all. And yeah, when they didn't offer me any part-time basis, it was like, I can't keep doing this. So I'm leaving. So that was, that was it really. Uh, So yeah, it was very much, I'm gone. I had, I would have handed in my notice in the May time. Um, and there's only certain times you can leave as a teacher. So I had to wait till the Christmas. So I had sort of like about six months to try and build a business from scratch. Because uh, the weddings that I had shot as well, I hadn't really shot them as a business. They were just kind of friends weddings. So yeah, I had about six months to just try and get myself in order while still teaching. Uh, and yeah, I've just not looked back, to, back at all. So yeah, I just, I leapt in, took the plunge and had to make it work. So. That must have been so scary. Uh, yeah, it was. I, I literally remember waking up on that first morning in January, not being in school, used to having, you know, hundreds of people around me, a very strict schedule and things that I needed to do. And suddenly it, I I didn't really have a plan. I just left and I knew that I had to earn money because there was a mortgage to pay for. So yeah, it was it was interesting trying to build from scratch. And I did that mostly through Facebook groups back in the day. So I joined every single wedding group local for sale groups and would just constantly be posting I don't know how I didn't get banned or booted from daily posting in local for sale groups and and yeah that's how I basically built my business and went from there fantastic well you're doing ever ever so well now your work is absolutely stunning thank you but yeah I did not know what I was doing at all no business experience like no real wedding experience at all but yeah I just decided that was what I was going to do so I just went and did it without wishing to jump in though you there's something that you did which is quite unusual which people might find interesting which is how you work with a branding expert didn't you like yes. a business consultant at the early days. Yeah, I did actually. Yeah. So when I first left, um, there was many things that I did. So I went on a free course run by the council. At the, that would have been between me handing in my notice and leaving. And his recommendations were, you've got a very bubbly personality. As soon as you finish, network. Get out there, go to business to business meetings. Because really at that point, I was just labeling myself as a photographer. I knew I wanted to do weddings, but I'd shoot anything really. You know, if someone wanted to unveil their new downstairs loo I'd photograph that so um yeah I photographed absolutely anything you wanted photos like I was your girl um but yeah it was really good to sit down with a branding expert very early on um to really find out who I was how on earth you market or brand a business that's based around you because I know for lots of companies you know they're selling a specific product that's tangible I suppose or there's there's something that's been designed but you're really kind 
kind of selling yourself. You are obviously delivering something to clients, but outside of the realms of I'm going to give you wedding photos, there's there's nothing more that you can really tell your couples you're getting. So, um, yeah, I'm going off on a tangent now, aren't I? I'm really good at these <laughs> tangents. Um, but yeah, sitting down with a branding expert really did help me uh, really sort of focus on what I wanted to be and where I wanted my business to go. And to be honest, that was obviously 2015 that I did that and I've not revisited it since. So that's something that's sort of in the pipeline for this year to really um, evaluate things because I think as, as important as it is to have a plan which I didn't but I did get one sort of swiftly after I do think when you're sort of a bit further into business it's quite important to take that step back reevaluate where your business is now where you want it to go and kind of really give it a good MOT so I'm just at that stage now. Fantastic and how about you Neil? I unfortunately started 10 years previous to Helen a little bit older. I was just about to say, unfortunately. <laughs> you oh Yeah. Uh, so I shot my first one in 2006. I've been into photography for a long time, like since college, but never saw it as being an actual career at all. I wanted to be a copywriter and work in advertising. That didn't work. So I ended up getting a proper boring job in marketing, but I did have a big camera, inverted commas, and this back in 2005, I would have been working with a friend of mine who just basically said, would you be interested in shooting my wedding? Which I think a lot of people sort of get into it this way. I said, yes, but I don't know what I'm doing. At that point, I'd only shot like photographs of the cat, literally, <laughs> and I had like just a kit lens. So I didn't charge or anything except for the cost of another lens. So I... I had at least two lenses on me but yeah shot that first one in 2006 it went okay-ish bit like we said in, in the podcast earlier if, if I look back now those pictures are cringeworthy and I would have done everything wrong like I remember shooting the ceremony from the back on a tripod because I just <laughs> wanted to there's nobody else there but I thought that's what you did you tripods make you look professional so I would have made loads and loads of mistakes but yeah I shot that first one there and unbeknownst to me there was a couple there who also were about to get married and didn't have a photographer. And for some reason, they saw those first images and thought, oh, he's the guy for us. So <laughs> I shot their wedding as well. And it was just like a very slow burn because I was working full time at this point. And I would say it took me like five years maybe to get to a point where I could then take it full time. So I would have done that about 2010, 2011-ish, I would say. And thankfully, it's all worked out. But yeah, it's been... It's been a bit of a journey and especially at those early days when there was no resources out there, I, I just made it up as I went along and, you know, it's completely different now. But because I, I think one of the advantages of starting when I did is that I could afford to be really rubbish for quite a long time, but there wasn't the, there wasn't social media. So you people didn't know what good photography looked like. I didn't know what it looked like. So yeah, I did my learning on the job, which is not good. But yeah, I went full time out 2010, 2011. And thankfully, I've sort of uh, got away with it since so, then. <laughs> so so back in, I want to say those days, but that makes it sound really yeah, long time ago, doesn't back it? Back in the old days. Um, well, how did you get the next booking after that? Was it literally just referrals? And good word of question. Mouth? Well, I remember, I think the third booking was like a friend of my mum. She worked in school at the time and a lot of the teachers, I think I had done two or three of the teachers at her school, their weddings. Um, and then I, it was a little bit word of mouth, but I, I was shooting very low numbers for those first years. Like maybe the first year I shot maybe three, then it might have gone up to four or five, mainly friends, friends of friends. Because in those, in those, I'm saying now, in those days, 
that was like the weird transition time between film and digital, but digital was very much in its infancy. Like my first camera that I shot those ways on was a six megapixel Nikon D70. So digital was very, very new, certainly in terms of like DSLRs, not just like point and shoots. So there was quite a few people around that time, I think, that would have a wedding without a photographer. So it became quite easy for friends of friends to say, oh, I know someone who, who might be able to, you know, shoot your wedding. And that's how I, though the first bookings were those sort of word of mouth bookings. And then it slowly picked up when I put an advert on Cycle Hitched. And I just got, I remember getting a few bookings off that. And then it just, then it, it, it wasn't something I was consciously thinking of and keeping track of what it would have been a bit of seo because i didn't have i had a website but i didn't have a blog on there but i remember creating a, a, a website there was a website called blogger blog stop blog stomp oh can't think what it's called blog spot by google i think it was blogs it was anyway i created my first blog on there and that started ranking for various things so i did i started to work on seo a little bit but Again, it was very much in its infancy. It, it, I was just muddling along. It would definitely have been word of mouth. And as I say, that hitched advert did me well. And I also think as well, it, it sounds bad to say, I think it's just a bit easier to get bookings back then as well because it wasn't the huge saturation of wedding photographers that there is now. So I was lucky, I think, in many ways that although there wasn't learning resources around at that time, there was also a very, you know, a, a much small number of photographers out there so I could get away with it. I was so waiting for you to go the yellow pages. I'm not that old. No. Um, no. AAA wedding photography <laughs> services. You're very pleased with yourself with that, haven't you? To this page, <laughs> even in chatting, I'm like, I want to get my yellow pages joking. <laughs> no, it wasn't I remember... that good either, was well, it? I think when, certainly when I started out, and it sounds like me and Helen, well, I say roughly the same time. Um, it, it was, it felt very much like when I was getting into the industry that it felt at the time like wedding photography was already saturated. When when yeah. you started, Neil, did it not feel? as bad or did you just no so i can, I can tell you more so when when i started i said that first wedding 2006 so i would have been booked for that 2005 literally i didn't know another photographer i wasn't into wedding photography at all the only re uh, the only resource you could find whereas these days you've got social media you've got youtube you know infinite like online uh sites you can go to for for education literally i would go to the library and get out books that was all i knew how to do that was uh, so you had to go out helen's laughing <laughs> yeah you go to the library get a book out take it back like a week later whatever it was that was the only thing i could do there was then a dvd that came out about 2008 9 called the masters of wedding photography if you've ever heard of that that was that was like a hundred pounds this dvd and it had like it followed around five photographers i think it was Jerry Gihonis was on there. Um, Jeff Asko was on there. Uh, there was a few others. Yervant, maybe about five photographers, and that was the only. Th and I remember being so excited watching that because that was the first time I've seen a photographer doing anything. Because again, it sounds crazy, but this was before Facebook. Facebook was around, but it was not what it is now. Yeah. Um, YouTube wasn't around. There was there was just nothing online. So I. Mm would get books out of the library and then watch that DVD. And I also would go to, once a year, I, I would go to the SWPP convention in, in London in, in a January and see and speak to other wedding photographers. That was the only time. And they had as well like a, a, a website 
with had a forum element to it and I would post on that forum and the first photographers that I got to be friends with were, were people that I'd met on the SWPP forum and we'd meet up in person at the convention and that was it. Things just started to change when I went full time and then I would reach out to photographer friends of mine or I said it's a lie, I'd reach out to photographers who I did find were also like around, like I remember the first people were Pete and Laura Lawson, friends of mine who were based in, in Lancashire, and they were like gods to me because I would, I would see their work on their website. A lot of people as well at this point didn't even have blogs. It was just a website. But I reached out and said, oh, do you want, do you want, do you want to meet up for lunch? And it was like I remember meeting them, and they were that was, again, the first time that I tried to build a network. And then I went big on that, and I, got, I started reaching out to lots of other photographers and created a group called the Northwest Wedding Drinks Up Drink Ups on Facebook and we would meet once a month that group grew to like 30 40 strong you were only allowed in the group in the in that uh Facebook group if you were coming out on nights out so you could just join and the upshot of that was a very very close knit community of photographers who all became very good friends <laughs> And and like also around that, so the other people you might be aware of who came out would um, Liam and B Crawley, um, Adam Johnson, Johnny Draper. You know, people who are still going strong now and really and doing really well, and and many others. And we were going out every single month socially, building like our network. And then a lot of the referrals then came from each other. Like it, we came like really really strong that group, and it only faded away when. Uh, you know, as happens in life, people start having babies and the the, the meetups stop. So it all just sort of like faded away. But it only faded away about four or five years after that. But by that point, we'd all become established. So Facebook did help at the beginning in that in that group. But yeah, very different landscape to now. So I think Helen, you mentioned um, that you obviously advertised a lot through Facebook. Yeah. How did you? find how did you learn more about the industry and you know improve your education was it again a bit like networking like neil or yeah very much so very much so so yeah that like i said it was a really random course that i went on which was run by the council on how to create a business and there was all sorts of people sat around the table there was a lady who wanted to open a cake shop to a guy who worked for a company but they wanted him to be like self-employed and he needed to be his own limited company so there was lots of just different people from different backgrounds um, and like i said that one thing that I was told for me was to go out, go network. And from there, I approached another local photographer called Jonathan Clover. And he had a studio in Crewe. And I knew nothing at all about studio photography. Um, but yeah, same as Neil reached out going, oh, can I get you some lunch? Or like, is there any chance I could just come and pick your brains? And thankfully, he was so kind and said yes and invited me to the studio. And these days, you're just constantly bombarded with people like, oh, I'm a new photographer. I'm a student photographer. Can I come? And you're like, oh, get lost. <laughs> oh, not another one. Like, you, 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 we do get approached. So I find that I get approached an awful no, lot. Oh. <laughs> well, I do. And I'm like, oh, I don't have time for that. Um, so, yeah, I was very lucky that the one photographer I reached out to went, yeah, that's fine. You know, call into the studio. I'll make you a cup of tea and we can just, you know, sit down and have a good chat. And it was him who introduced me to a Facebook group uh, called Northwest Wedding Photographers. That's now Northwest Wedding Photographers and Videographers. 
And I was thankfully allowed into that group, considering at that point I didn't really have, you know, much of a website, etc. And I noticed that as soon as I got involved there, they were having nights out and meetups. So yeah, straight away, I jumped on those, made sure I was going to all of the nights out. And then thankfully, within, I think, maybe three months ago in full time, I managed to get a last minute spot at a wedding fair because there's a cancellation. And within that wedding fair, that's where I met my really good friend, Chris Wallace from Carpe Diem Photography. And he then probably just saw this young pup keen like at the wedding fair and just thought, ah, I can make use of her. She can come second shoot or like, (laughs) I'm sure I can get some some good, you know, labour out of this one. So yeah, he offered to basically you know, let me come and second shoot and help him at his weddings. And that for me, and I'll always say to Chris, I'm so grateful that he did that because Chris is someone who always shoots a high volume of weddings, 50, 60 a year. And in that first year, he just allowed me, whenever he had a wedding, to go along and just watch him work. So whereas Neil, bless him, obviously had nothing to go from in I terms of... I had my library. You had, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Neil and the Greater Manchester Library. Um, I actually had a working wedding photographer to, to follow and just learn how a wedding day ran. Because at that time, as an adult, I'd probably only been to like two weddings. And knowing me, I would have been very drunk of both and not been watching what the photographer was doing (laughs) so there's lots of things you need to consider on a wedding day as a photographer that until you're actually a wedding photographer you don't even think about so yeah it certainly allowed me he allowed me to use the images it helped me to create my portfolio to kind of learn how a wedding day runs and basically what a wedding photographer kind of should be doing so yeah that really really helped so yeah I I wish I had that when Aww. I started out, I had no idea. And I didn't know anyone, so I, yeah. I just literally winged it all the way. Uh, yeah, you didn't I, know what to charge either. No, exactly. Yeah, I didn't know what to charge. No. Um, it, it was just, looking back, it was probably the worst way I could have started. And I think, like you, Helen, I sometimes get emails now from people. And I do always try and, I, I don't know if you find this, but I always try and reply if they've been polite and shown me that they've thought about me as well because yeah you get the email it's like i'd like to be a wedding photographer i'd like to come and second shoot and build my portfolio it's like oh that's yeah. great for you yeah. <laughs> what, what, what's in it for me yeah <laughs> or it's copy and paste yeah exactly. dear martin yeah. i would like to <laughs> no it's not even dear martin's hi there you know it's like oh yeah how many has this gone out to and one of the things i always do actually i always reach out i'm in a member of like a local wedding photography community group and i always do ask you know has anyone else had this message as well and if it's been a cut and paste then it's like, yeah oh, that's it forget it but yeah i do have you know if they if they've asked nicely then i always do try and give them a chance but then you said if you say oh but you can come but you cannot use the images yes um when they first come i try not to i, I always stipulate that as a reason because i want to have people who show they are keen to learn mm-hmm. yeah. more than just fill their portfolio because, uh, as you guys I'm sure will agree, it's actually two different things. Very yeah. much so. Yeah. So I, I never mind helping anyone who wants to learn. And obviously I know it goes without saying that you're there to try and get some photos for your portfolio. But I, I have had people who basically muscle in on the day and, oh. and, and take try and take over and, and it's your reputation yeah as well. it's my reputation and then you're trying to manage that as well as get good photos and it just doesn't really work yeah no yeah i was very very lucky that chris was so kind well he had your um, back didn't he 
Well, yeah, to be fair, you know, so got, we've worked together for, for many years and, you know, we've both helped each other out. But yeah, I was very, very lucky that very early on um, I made friends and that, yeah, Chris allowed me to come to so many weddings in my first year, which had I not known anyone, I probably would have gone to like six, whereas I probably ended up going to about 40 in total. But mm. it certainly allowed me to progress and build my business and, and grow very quickly. So, yeah, I was very, very lucky. Yeah. So I guess we've all been in the industry for quite a long time now. If we had to start out, if you were starting out today, should I say, what do you think you'd do differently? Oh, Neil, go first. <laughs> uh, I, I think, uh, I, I, what I can say is I think meeting people is still the right thing to do straight off the bat. Uh, if I was to think, I mean, I, I, I wasted a lot of money, I would say. If I was to say... It would be to keep everything simple, because oh, I I bought everything. You know, I was I was spending I was wanted all the lenses. I wanted to upgrade the cameras as soon as I could. Spent a lot of money because I would, especially at the beginning, I I had a full time job alongside running a wedding photography business. So I had a bit more. You know, I had some money there to spend on equipment, and I would just do that. And I wasted a lot of money. I remember buying like a Gary Fong sphere and stuff, and I would buy into the hype of everything. Whereas now, what I actually think is you really just need, obviously you need backup equipment, but two cameras, two lenses, and you can do a good job. You can you can easily yeah. do a passable job. Whereas I was going to weddings early on with two cameras, literally eight, nine lenses, um, and, and trying to use them all as well, because I thought if I don't use all these lenses, I've not worked hard enough. So I would say just if I was to go, go back, it'd be keep everything simple and practice. Practice outside of weddings with those two lenses and get to know them really, really well. Get to know them like they're an extension of your arm. And I say, so yeah, keeping things simple and practicing, shooting more for yourself, go out, hire a model, go and practice, you know, spend two hours with a model and you will learn so much more from that two hours than you will if you get 10 books out of the library, I would say. <laughs> I like it. I think my piece of advice actually is that as a wedding photographer, there's certain key moments during the day that, you know, you think I've got to get, you know, I've got to get the bride coming down the aisle. I've, I have to get the first kiss. There's confetti and there's certain little moments throughout the day that you like, these are the important bits. I've, I've got to smash these. And it's so easy to then kind of turn off in all of the little in-between moments. Um, and I think that just, yeah, when you first start, you're, you're so focused on almost like a, a tick list of things that you need to do. And that can be quite sort of stifling or you're, you put so much energy into that that you're not really thinking so much about the rest of the day. So yeah, I find that for, especially if you're more of a documentary style approach or a documentary photographer, that actually remembering that the moments in between the moments you think you need to be shooting are just as important and there's lots of gold within those things so quite often bride gets to the front of the aisle and I still sometimes forget about this and as soon as she gets to the top you're like oh I better scooch out of the way and then it's that that's the point that she kisses dad or there's a, a glance between the bride and the groom or people just finish a speech and you're like ah job done put my cameras down and then there's you know hugs or looks or there's just so many fantastic little moments um in the in-between moments so yeah try not to stress too much about what you think wedding should be in terms of a tick list and just remembering that those little in-between moments can be really vital too I, I, I absolutely love that I think 
when when I started out, I really genuinely thought wedding photography was all about the portraits and making mm-hmm. everything look beautiful. Um, and about gear, for yeah. You, oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. Like, like um, you say, it like it isn't now. <laughs> no, you know what? People Not think so that, Mister no. A One. <laughs> yeah, people think that because obviously I, I, I am quite technical, so I know a lot about the gear and stuff. But I have tried so hard over the last two years to slim down. And even my little roller case now, I've got space in it now. Oh, oh this space that's in good. it, and I've got one that that roller bag and one bag with my off-camera flash stuff in, um, and that's it. That's there was I a take. time when he was struggling to fit it all in the car. Wow. Oh yeah, I took everything, didn't I? Yes. Yeah. I, I wasn't far off. Yeah, because yeah. you feel a bit more, you feel professional, I yeah. think, by having all the big equipment having everything you just had big soft boxes and light stands and uh, just bags just in case back of bag of the back of bag yeah, yeah. It, it was ridiculous but i think one of the things i learned it was actually from neil um when i went to your workshop god when was it now it was like 2018 2019 something like that and obviously i'd heard the the the, the phrase light moment composition but it was on your workshop where it really hit home oh. about moments yeah um, and, and it was like Hang on a minute, I, I, I'm missing this whole important the part. Key part. Yeah, and and ever since then, it, it really has thrown my wedding photography in a different direction. I guess you now. used to have a photo where the lights perfect, composition perfect, no moment there, bride's looking miserable. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then you know, um, it was all about the pose. It was all about lighting, and then afterwards, it was just like, oh, she just looked bored there. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you, you're trying to think of the technical. We all do this, and you're trying. You can put so much effort into that, you forget the last little ingredient. Yeah, that's right. So, so uh, here's a question I've always wanted to ask you guys, because obviously you you are a couple now. How did you guys first meet? <laughs> and I've and I've left this as a purposely surprise. Because I, I don't, I didn't want to give you two any chance to sort of rehearse. Oh. Well, well, I I've been. I I don't mind saying like. I went through a separation um, quite for quite a while ago, and um, yeah, I, so I, I was single, and um, I didn't know. How, me and Helen had been, yeah, <laughs> me and Helen had been had been friends for a long time because I I held a, a workshop in twenty sixteen that I think that was the first time I'd met you. Yeah. So that's like eight, seven years ago now. Yeah. So I've, I've, we've been friends since then. Only on, on, Hell mentioned before about that, the group and the nights out. So we would sort of only see each other really on nights out, wouldn't we? But we all got yeah. on really well, you know, and, and we're, we're good friends and everything. And I've done another workshop as well. So yeah, I think, you know, we've oh, yeah, met been on one of our times, workshops. Yeah. But yeah, it's basically nights out. We, you know, we just get on with everything. Anyway, and then there was there was a thread in a, in a nine dots group in, in you'll know obviously about the nine dots community in their facebook group where somebody has, had mentioned that it's just difficult to meet people when you're a wedding photographer because you know you're going out every every weekend working and that's traditionally i guess the time you would go out and meet people and um and go on dates at the weekend because most people are working nine to five and everything so just made a group thread about that and it was really big and long and everyone saying oh i'm actually in a similar position you know i i'm single find it really hard to meet people blah 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 one of those was helen williams so i just messaged her and said oh didn't know you were single um (laughs) i am as well like you know sorry to hear that you had well, you weren't saying you, you were going through difficulties, weren't you? you yeah, I had already, you know, the 
I'm separating was, yeah, I was in the process of, of moving out of, of the house and leaving, you know, an 18 year relationship. So, uh, yeah, Neil was just very kind to offer a supportive shoulder yeah, to cry on. I understand on. what it's like. I know it's not easy. And then we met up for a drink. Smooth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was all that thanks to Nine Dots. Yeah, baby. I, well, that thread in particular, it wasn't Nine Dots. No. It was Lewis. It was Lewis. But Lewis. Oh, this is real. It's a real lovely story. It's a photographer called Lewis Fracknell. Yeah, Frackle. Yeah, it's out of thrills. Either way, so the guy who started the thread, um, within that thread, other people tried to set him up with other photographers. And one of the other photographers who was like tagged in that thread going, you guys would be cute together. They are a couple and they've just had a baby. Yeah. So, yeah. So so that thread is, well, two relationships that we know of. Yeah, all just from one thread of like, it's really hard dating being a photographer. So, um, yeah, yeah, we'll have to thank Lewis for actually putting himself out there and going yeah, I'm really struggling with this it's not easy guys. to write something like that online in a, no. in a pub, well say public in a, even in a closed group but still with a lot of people in there yeah yeah, you definitely so thanks, have to put yourself out there, don't you? Yeah, because I'm a very private person as well and I don't really share much about like my private life online I didn't even know Neil was single so... no you wouldn't have done no? it equally I don't read I don't tend to be participate that much in groups but or, or on Facebook even these days but that thread just became massive and yeah, yeah I remember like reading that and then yeah just read just seen Helen's name on there slid into my DMs <laughs> <laughs> and the rest is history yeah. that's right so uh, uh, and at some point you guys decided to start off Flashmasters yeah that was what was the inspiration before that <laughs> drink <laughs> Too much alcohol. <laughs> yeah, so we'd just been been chatting. Um, out, 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 haven't we? We'd just been like having a chat. It's actually, we went to an event called Doc Day, which was held in Dublin last year. And um, yeah, we were just chatting there. And I think you'd mentioned about, we were talking about awards and photography awards and sort of saying, oh, I don't, we, we, at that point, we were just chatting as, as photographer friends more so than anything else. And, and it was just a question of, I say no. I don't really enter awards anymore. Oh, neither do I. I say no. They're not really for me. The very documentary bias, um, which you know we, we both shoot when it's in a documentary way. But we would just talk about how there isn't really anything for us. In other words, the sh- the, the shots that we particularly enjoy taking on a wedding day will be maybe off camera flash shots, be it speeches, portraits, whatever it would be, and those seem to get a bit looked over when it comes to the, yeah. the bigger awards. So we just thought, oh, it'd be cool if we actually like created something, like a fresh awards almost. And yeah. I think Helen actually came up with the name Flashmasters there, there, and we just thought, oh, I wonder if it's um, possible to to get that name on Instagram, and it was. So I just got that name, and then that's where it started. Yeah, literally just a few drinks, a random conversation, and uh, yeah, a completely. spontaneous decision just to take the Flashmasters uh, name on on Instagram and from there it just kind of grew yeah so it was like are we really going to do this Uh, and yeah neither of us put the brakes on at any point and then the next thing you know we're at a design agency and yeah once we we made that decision and had those meetings it was like well I guess we better do it now so I can't say I wouldn't advise anybody try it it is an absolute (laughs) nightmare but you guys have done so well the amount of hard work you can just tell the amount of hard work that's gone into it and the ambassadors and the and the 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 sponsors you've got you know just to back all that up it's amazing thank Thank you yeah we're very proud of what we've achieved it's just been it has just been a lot of hard work 
Um, but yeah, we've, we've got there now and we're very pleased with it. But doing that in what unbeknownst to us was just going to be like the busiest year ever. Throw that on top was was yeah. pretty crazy. Yeah, I'm not actually sure how we're still a couple, no. but I'm glad that we are. That was my question, actually. How do you find working with each other, working with your partner? Um, I think for Flashmasters, it's worked out quite well. I think we have both have you know, talents and skills in different kind of areas or in terms of creating yes. that Flashmasters brand. You know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed, you know, writing the rules and writing all of the, the things for the website. Neil's fantastic in terms of, you know, we did have a graphic design team, but I think he's, you know, very visually, you know, talented and bringing things together. Um, what you're very good is you, you will have the dialogue with a lot of our ambassadors and make everything happen, sort out events, sort out the live streams and just keep a really good relationship with all those people. Yeah. Whereas I will do more like what I would, what many people might think is like the boring stuff, like edit the videos, edit the podcast. Um, so you, Neil, you do podcasts and you've done YouTube videos before, so you help put yourself out on social media. Yeah. It was new for you, Helen, wasn't it? Totally. And how good, did you find question, doing yeah. podcasts? How did you find doing the first few, getting used to it? <laughs> Terrifying. Um, I, I think obviously for Neil, it was a bit more normal that he was used to sort of editing his own voice or seeing himself on film. And then for me, I'd never done that. So I just recall like, you know, when we first started the podcast, first of all, I couldn't do it without a drink because I was just shaking with nerves. <laughs> um, and then whenever Neil was playing it back or editing, I'd literally have to be like two rooms away with music on because I couldn't hear my own voice. It was horrible um, i'm a little bit more used to it now so i still hate it <laughs> yeah it's certainly not easy because if, if you mentioned youtube diagram and I, I started doing that maybe five years ago now but those first videos of mine i look like a rabbit in the headlights if you ever watch them back like i'm like a scared little puppy so i just i, I was just lucky that i got used to that so it was a bit easy but i also think as well that actually conversely helen is much more naturally better at this than I am. I'm an introvert and, and it doesn't come easy to me. I have to really force to be that person. Whereas now you're used to it, you're you're more of a natural than I am. So I think yeah. that helps you in what, what I mean. You, yeah. you, although you, you know, I might have had more for experience, you, you're you more naturally suited to, yeah. to just chatting. Yeah, plus being, you know, being a drama queen or doing my degree in, you know, drama and performing arts, it all kind of links in, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, I've taken to it okay. But considering before I'd met Neil or, you know, we started Flashmasters, I didn't, re I'd heard of the word podcast, but I didn't really know what it was and I'd never listened to any. And I hadn't really listened to any before we started. So I had no clue what we were doing. Uh, so, yeah, I'm quite pleased with, with what we've come up with so far. It's worked out really well. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, we enjoy it. We do. We, we we sort of like sit down every week, don't we, and just talk nonsense. And I think we've we've. It's basically we've we've got to a point where I think we we can just forget the mics there, and we just chat basically. Okay. And okay. And do you do any weddings together? We've done a few. Yeah. <laughs> and how did like that squirming. go? You go. <laughs> On the whole, I think you know we work together very very well. However, last year we did reach a point of just. Yeah, sick of, sick of the sight of each other, I think, or, or more sick of the sight of going to weddings together and the long, long hours and being so exhausted. Yeah, the biggest problem for us, I think, was that we, like, I don't shoot as many weddings as Helen does. I shoot about 20 to 25 a year, whereas pre, like, what was you shooting, 20, 
21. You were like, was it 60? With, with with second shooting. Yeah, yeah, with second shooting. Usually most years I'd be just under 40 weddings of my own. Then, like I said, yeah, plus the second shooting. So so, so Helen was used to shooting a lot of weddings. I wasn't. So the like early part of last year, we I wanted to naturally go, you know, spend time with Helen. So I'd offered to go to most of the weddings. And before my wedding season had really started, I'd already shot maybe 10 weddings. Only one of which, maybe one, two might have been mine. So I was got to a stage where I was thinking, this is a lot of weddings I'm shooting here. And I remember having a conversation with you saying, I, I'm I'm really struggling with this amount. Because I do other bits and bobs, as you mentioned, like YouTube and Patreon and stuff. And it was like, this this is not great for me. So we had a very, we had like an honest conversation where it's basically a case of saying, I can't do this many. And also Helen was coming to mine as well. Yeah. It would have been the same, like Helen would have ended up shooting I mean, we shot crazy numbers last year regardless, but you could have ended up shooting 70-odd or something like yeah. that on top of Flashmasters as well. So we, we got to a stage where we said, it's, we're not being rude to each other, but let's not always shoot every every wedding together. Um, it was only been like second shooting, albeit, but it was just the frequency of going to weddings. You say, Even if you're second shooting, you're still prepping your kit bag, going oh, yes. down, backing up cards. Even if it was I was working somewhere else, I still back up the cards and everything. And so, yeah, it just became a lot. So I think we'll we'll be better this year because we're, we feel a bit more refreshed now. Yeah. But we we did get to a stage. There was one wedding, your wedding, we spoke about before in Dorset, where I went there and I was just burnt out and I I wasn't probably a great person to be around that that day. Um, and I suppose I resented shooting a wedding that wasn't mine. And um, at that point, it was like, yeah, let's let's try and like really pull back from this. But we worked well together on the day. But yeah. it, was, it was just a numbers game last year. Yeah. Too many. It drains you. It really does, yeah. And I find it hard to go to a wedding, even if I'm second shooting, and almost shoot it at 50%. You know, I still have got that mentality. I've got to try and get, oh, there's something out there. And I'm very much switched on. And like you say, it's draining. It's mentally really draining. Yeah. Do you actually have any life outside weddings, wedding-related stuff? It's it's a good question because last year, last year, no, no, last year we we were working unhealthy amounts, and that's one of the things that we had to consciously work on as a couple. We are both probably workaholics yeah. in the sense of we both love what we do. You know, like I, I, if if you said to me now, like. What do you want to do tomorrow? I've like, got a choice of anything. It's like, I do like making YouTube videos. So I like, I organize shoots myself and I love doing that. But that's work. So I need to rein that in because left unsupervised, I'll I'll go and organize a shoot. I think I'm the same amount. Yes, you are. You cannot just do nothing. Yeah. Yeah. If you leave me, I'll be watching a YouTube video on photography or yeah. editing. Or yeah, or I totally get it. Yeah. But and that that's all okay if you got somebody else pulling you into the real world. But when there's two of you who are like that, yeah. Um, Helen isn't actually that much into the stuff outside of weddings. But when you're only shooting weddings, yeah. Inevitably, all you're doing is editing. So we, we did realise last year that we, it was not healthy for us. So I took the conscious decision to take on less weddings so I could Same put year. more time to other things. Helen's also got less weddings this year. So we can go on holiday. So we can actually go out for a walk. So yeah. we can do things like normal people do. That's what we have done yeah. as yeah, well. That, that's been a big priority of yeah. this year, haven't we? And hopefully this year we'll get the balance. Yes, but it has been a case like, okay, we need to schedule some time to watch TV tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because that's... again, if you two are the same, left unsupervised, yeah. when do you stop your working day? Yeah, and and that and that's 
become a more of a problem over the past 18 months because we've got different studies now because well dag says i make too much noise (laughs) (laughs) so it was very much case wasn't it dag where um you'd be sat in your room yes i'd be sat in mine um if we didn't come out we'd literally just be there morning noon night editing or yeah doing something um and yeah so it, it has been a terrible problem we've made a conscious decision to actually schedule some time for us where we do anything that's not wedding related mm-hmm. just sort of saying, that's just, good even if it's just watching tv going for a walk or doing whatever that doesn't involve weddings yeah. and, and it was almost like the downtime I, I don't know you i don't know if you guys have the same issue but you know january february when things are quieter we almost had that time back to sort of reconnect as a couple rather oh. than sort of like working together we were almost like well you're all right aren't you I think for for us, obviously, we got together in the middle of all this madness. Um, So, yeah, we got together. Then we randomly started Flashmasters pretty much immediately. So, but yeah, I can say like a couple of months ago when I finally caught up on that editing queue, it was kind of like, oh, maybe we should start like, we could start dating. We've done it all. We've literally done everything (laughs) backwards. backwards. Yeah, no, we have. We We really have. We pretty much just got married. Or, you know, know, in terms of like, you know. I was like, what? Where's where's Neil gone? Where's Neil gone? He's done a runner. No, but it, you know, when we you know decided that we liked each other because things were so full on. Um, yeah, there's no option. We we literally were we were about to start a really busy wedding season. Yeah, so yeah, things happened for us very very quickly because if we didn't kind of go, yeah, I like you, do, should we just do this? If we didn't do that, we wouldn't have had the time to see each other. Or so yeah, like we yeah we did live together quite sort of soon after we started Flashmasters soon after and just went a million miles an hour and then it got to the start of this year. It's like oh maybe we can go on dates now. Yeah, it's very bizarre. <laughs> But I, I'd like to it. think because we got through that, that's a you know it's almost like a good sign because you two obviously know how hard it is to do that bit, and so I thought oh, if we if we were able to do that bit without the easy bit, then the easy bit should be very very easy. That's the way well, I'd like to look at for it. For you, starting a new venture when you're just getting together, it really tests the relationship. I would yeah, say. Yeah, whether it, you it, can work together or not. Yeah, I, I I think so, and that's why I've said many times like because we haven't had a lot of the things that normal couples have. But I've always thought, like, although we don't have that, we have had the experience of being in the most pressurised situation, pressure cooker situation, yeah. and survived that relatively unscathed. So the rest <laughs> should be easy, I'd like to think. Relatively. We'll see. Relatively. relatively. A bit of wine. Yeah. It helps. But, but we have, like you just said, we have, we have in the... I would say, like, we... we, we we're both experiencing. I don't. I, I never. I don't know what burnout is, but getting close to whatever that must be, like losing the love for weddings for on for me anyway. In like October, November last year, I had a bit of a health issue as well around that time, and I think that was our low time. Yeah. And we did have conversations then, like I'd say, I said, I can't do this. I can't shoot this many weddings anymore. And that's another question. Um, do you have anything in place for your health? Because if your health goes, like we know a few people now in the industry where things have gone wrong, what happens then? No, I mean, that's the scary thing about doing this job. Yeah. All I can say is that I, because of, uh, and I know Martin knows a lot about this, like when the, the pandemic started, being a limited company, we were... We were not very well looked after, to put it politely. So I then diversified the business and started doing more online training. 
and things like that. So I'd like to think that, like, or even if I was to break my leg, in a way, I've got, I've got that to fall back on a little bit. But ultimately, doing this job, I think we we are, a, 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 you know, we are in danger of the elements. And if we do get injured, then yeah, it's tricky. So yeah, just try not to do any dangerous sports. <laughs> Although I managed to like, yeah, slip a disc in my back, and I'm not really sure I participated in any sports. But you were you were allowed to, you you were allowed to do that in January. That's yeah. all right. I was just very lucky. To do that in June. No, oh, no. God, could you imagine? Oh, it's oh, it's oh, scary. It's it is terrifying. Scary. Yeah. Are you a true professional if you haven't done a wedding being totally ill? Yeah, yeah. Well, I've 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 been very lucky. I think I've had like a bad cold and stuff, but I've never. I've never gone there thinking I don't know if I can get through the day. Thankfully, yeah, thankfully. Scary. I think we, we, I've ne- certainly I have never had that. Have you? Oh yes, I remember that. Yeah, you you did that wedding, didn't you? I had yes, I did a wedding before a surgeon straight after. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So, what what was it again? I was an abscess. Yeah. So basically, Dagger had an abscess in the back, and it was absolutely mega painful, wasn't it? Yes, oh. it was. So you you barely survived one wedding, and then the next day they they literally just like took her in and wow. sorted it. Wow, and then I you're the a wedding trooper. like five days after. Yes, and yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then she had literally had this hole in her back for weeks, didn't you? Months. Was it months? Wow, yeah. I respect that. Well done. But yeah, because you, you what can you do? Yeah, you just got to get on with it. Yeah, you could find somebody else to cover for you, but then you lose the money. You exactly. Have to pay them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You can afford the hit. For a couple of weddings, yes. Yeah. But if it was a long-term illness, that's yeah, that's it's scary. scary. It is yeah. scary, yeah. and it's something that people have to think about if they are going to look at yeah. this as a full-time career. That 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 is something. Yeah. It's a risk we have to live with. I, I think I cer- certainly I, I've started building a bit of a nest egg to to cushion any future issues like pandemics and yeah, you know, and and ill health or anything. But uh, I think one of the things we've done recently into is um, buy some private medical yes. cover. Just in case, you know, it's very wise because yeah, just... that's the thing that even if you, th- you look at that and you think, oh, it's quite pricey, you would kick yourself if something happened and you didn't have it. Yeah, you have the flexibility then to pick and choose your times. Yeah. But then NHS, you're on a waiting list, and your turns when your turn is. Yeah, yeah. So if they said, right, you know, we, we've scheduled you in, it's in August. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I when I mentioned before that the health issue, thankfully, it seems to have, like, I'm not suffering from the symptoms, but I need to have my gallbladder removed, which sounds maybe more dramatic than it is. I had my pre-op in early January, not heard a thing since. So it could be that in June they say, right, we're gonna, I mean, thankfully, I don't have the symptoms, so I'll just, like, delay it. But in theory, they could just say in June, right, we need you in next week. And it'd be like, well, I can't do that. Because yeah. then uh, there's, a, there's a, a apparently, like, a week, 10 days recovery after that. And you... If that if that falls on a time when I've got two or three weddings on a weekend, no way. Scary. Yeah. All I know is I'm not sensible at all. There is no backup plan. <laughs> if my back goes I'm again, the backup plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I was yeah, going to yeah. say, send, send all your jobs to Neil. That's, that's what I do. Like, yeah. well, but that, again, it, that's a good amount of being a couple, isn't it? Yeah. You have got someone on hand. Mm. Assuming you're not working, that would be the nightmare. Yes, that sometimes happens. But I always think, you know, like if I'm working on a day that Helen isn't or vice versa, if I was to wake up and, and, and I don't know, something was terrible to happen... There is somebody yeah. there that you can easily call on and trust. Uh, and for us, it's like that's the beauty of the power of networking. Isn't it? You can oh, uh, massively. Call, like, if, if Helen had another wedding that day, you you know a list yes. of people you could call up and ask them to to take over. And to be fair, people in the industry are generally 
very helpful in that respect. Something goes wrong and people will step in. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think everyone can relate to how scary it is. If it, yeah. if it happened to them, what they would want to happen. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I, I love how this suddenly has gone off in a total tangent. Now. We're talking about <laughs> all the worst case scenarios and stuff. Hopefully that'll hopefully what never a, happen. What about the mistakes on the wedding day? The most stupid thing you have ever done on a wedding day, both of you. Oh, there's lots. I, I know, mean, it's like which one to choose. Well, I'll let you start because uh, I know what oh. your big obvious one oh, is. Oh, my big obvious I'll let you drone on about this. <laughs> so, yes, it was uh, last year uh, at one of Neil's weddings. We were at a venue in Manchester, which isn't a traditional wedding venue. It's um, oh, Albert, Hall, Albert Hall in Manchester. So it's actually a gig venue, a music concert venue. And we were shooting a wedding there together, massive party, and there's two different floors so you obviously have a stage i suppose you like the mosh pit area i am so not cool <laughs> so you got the stage the general dance floor under under the stage and then you had um sort of the galley or the gallery area above and uh, they had a certain band they had so much entertainment at this wedding and every now and again at random times there are these amazing like indoor fireworks that were going off at the side of the stage and i just kept missing them and it was really frustrating me i wanted a really good shot of the band with the fireworks on the stage and the band had announced that this the next song was going to be their last one i was like surely they're going to set off the fireworks at the end so i thought you know what i'm going to go up to the top i'm going to go up to the gallery i'm going to shoot it really wide with all the people on the dance floor and you know just that final sort of few bits of the song so I went to the upstairs area and there wasn't any lighting um, and unfortunately I thought that I had made my way down um to the front area and um so I thought I was on the ground unfortunately I wasn't on the ground and the other unfortunate thing is that I have my cameras on my waist and the spider belt and not on a sort of shoulder holster anymore so the silly, there was a few silly errors there really, is that the first one I had my ha- my camera in my hand. So I took some photos and I was like, I'm not quite central. I need to take a step to my right. And where I thought I was on the floor, I wasn't. I was on a, a very small step. When I then put my right foot back down, I slipped off the, the edge of that step. I fell forward. My arms hit the barrier that was stopping pe- thing, you know, people from falling over. But I fell forward with such force that when my arms hit it, sort of like almost like a um, just the reaction or my 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 grip, my hands my hands opened and my camera dropped out of my hands, hurtled probably like eighteen feet towards the ground. Um, and th- I I am just so lucky that there wasn't anyone standing directly underneath. Mm. But my camera, my lens, uh, at that point, I had used a bit of on-camera flash because I'd just come off the dance floor and I'd had a little V350 flash that was a really lightweight one that would sit on top. So, yeah, I dropped a camera, a lens and a flash onto the ground from 18 feet. and Among the tables where people were would have been sat. Yeah, thankfully, no one was there. Otherwise, I think I probably could have killed someone. Yeah. Uh, the only advantage otherwise is that it was Neil's wedding and not mine, so I'm sure they would have claimed on his public liability, <laughs> and, and it was, and it was not dark. mine. And it was dark, so no one actually saw it. No. But what to show you how close it was to the people, when it, it hit the floor, we found all the bits underneath the tables where people would have been sat with the, with the coats and the chairs and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. I literally could have killed someone. Yeah, yeah, it's not a joke. Just say as well, I feel really rude. I Before I just left then, I said, 
I'll let you start. I'll let you drone on. I thought it was going to be about the drone. Oh! So if I don't oh. say that, it oh, makes no. it sound like I was saying, I'll let you drone on. Like, oh. it was, it was a, I thought... So I should have said that one. <laughs> okay, let, we've got one more time for one more, hopefully. So yeah, my other one basically I just was... sound really rude. Oh, here she oh, goes. She's about to drone <laughs> on. Droning on. So yeah, we know this is obviously a very quick drone story. So I was at a wedding. I was getting ready to shoot a portrait of the bride and groom laying down on a jetty over a lake. The videographer was quite demanding and wanted certain things too. So I knew I had to work very quickly because it wasn't like we were working together as a team. So it felt like my portrait time is kind of cut in half because, yeah. Excuses. Anyway, so I thought it would be clever of me to send the drone up in advance so I could quickly run in, get the couple in position, and then the drone would be ready for me to just click the button and get out of there. Um Unfortunately, I was had the drone controller on me and as I was setting the bride's dress where I needed to be, I didn't realise that the movement of my arm was pressing on the controller and I landed my brand new £800 drone in a lake. I remember Ooh. this one. <laughs> the No, no, no. And I managed to do that in front of obviously the bride and groom. The Toastmaster was there. The videographer was there. There was a second shooter there. Nobody at any point as this, as this drone was coming down towards the lake. No one, no one questioned me or told me. Literally all I could hear was the controller go, landing. And the wish point I said words, which I won't say on the podcast, you'd have to bleep them out. They were very, very expletive. And I turned around and all I could see was the bubbles rising to the surface. Um, and yeah, it just so happened that that weekend they'd put some really harsh chemicals into the water um, to kill some algae. So nobody could get in to recover it. And as far as I'm aware, it's still a submarine at the bottom of Marydale Manor Lake. I so, can yeah. relate. I have crashed down before and I know the feeling. Yeah, but you managed to get it back. That was a miracle. I crashed it over, it's a Harlaxton Manor, and they've got a huge park, grounds around it. Crashed in a tree, and it was really far away, because I was circling the venue, trying to do a, like a 360 shot, on a quick shot, which means the obstacle avoidance is off for quick shots. So... I didn't know that. Yes, unfortunately. Oh, good to know. I Dagger know, found out the hard way. I, I found out the hard way. So I kind of took the drone up. was like, yeah, it's cleared the trees. I'm fine. But I didn't realize I was standing on the lower ground. And as it was circling, the other side of the grounds is higher oh. up. It got to the certain point, And then I just saw it cut off. But I managed to find it. I managed to find it completely in these huge grounds. I managed to work out where it roughly was when it fell. And I found it. And it still worked. It was just... Well, well, I had to change a blade. When she said she had to, I had to. (laughs) (laughs) And having said that, weeks after me doing this, I replaced my submarine drone for a new drone and then Neil crashed into a tree at my wedding. That's it. And thankfully, it was stuck in the tree. And the worst thing about that was we... (laughs) We we were take we were shooting the bride and groom just before the speeches started, so we had to then go and shoot the speeches straight away with the drone still in the tree. But I could see it. I could see the screen. I couldn't see the drone in the tree, but on the the RC remote, I could see that it was still Stuck working, but I couldn't see it with my eyes. And thankfully, during those speeches, it just fell down on its own. However, it did narrowly miss the wedding singer who was walking back from the car yeah, park. he was very picture this your drone. <laughs> so I've almost killed someone by dropping a camera on them and then my drone fell out of a tree and narrowly missed the wedding singer. So, um, yeah, falling things. People need hard hats at weddings when I'm there. <laughs> so is that Neil's story as well, then, crashing the drone? or? Uh, oh, I'm like, sure oh, he's got his own. Honestly, I will have... Ca- I can quickly think... I was just thinking there while I was speaking, I... 
I mean, there will be lots more, yeah. but I remember off the top of my head, remember one another. Actually, no, it wasn't similar to yours. I've got to say, I I have a whole fast shoulder dual harness thing, and I'm very used to having two cameras at the side of me all the time connected to the harness. So you become your muscle memory tells you that you can literally pick up a camera and drop it, and it will just swing by your side. And there was one time, sod's law, I was shooting a bride and groom in a skate park, so it's all concrete, and took off one of my cameras and held it high above my head. The 35 mil lens on it was quite close to the bride and groom because it was like a close-up portrait, and then just let it go. It was off the harness, so just literally dropped it onto concrete. Oh. That yeah, that lat lens broke. The camera also <laughs> broke to a degree, but it wasn't too bad. Uh, but the, to a degree. <laughs> well, it, you can still use it, but yeah, a lot of the like my last one. A lot on the back there is a where the eye cup slots in. I can't slot an eye cup in now because it's all sheared off. Um, but the camera still works, thankfully. Um, the, the, literally, the way that I just shot the weekend, I had, I was doing a group shot of all the guests um, on that on my camera and was, had 120 people in front of me. Was found it weird that I went and held the camera up high above me. I was looking on the back of the screen. It wasn't. I used a Sony A9. Real time tracking wasn't working, but it was it was focusing. So I thought, okay, just just keep on shooting. But I checked it and thought, oh, so maybe it's gone from continuous into single shot mode, but it hadn't. Carried on shooting, and then then say, okay, we're done now, and everyone starts walking away. The saxophone player starts playing again behind me. I thought, I'm going to check these. And I only had like two shots of, of everyone when I should have maybe been taking 10, 15 of them. And it had gone, the camera had slipped into timer mode, and which was set to 10 second timer. So I'm, whenever, whenever I'm pressing the shutter, it's 10 seconds later, it's taking an image. I'm thinking I'm pressing the shutter all the time in between. And then I have to say to everyone, Sorry, sorry. Before, thankfully, I hadn't. I realized we didn't say ten seconds, but I had to get them all back. Admit that I'd made a mistake. So you just feel like an idiot in front of everyone, including the bride and groom. But I remember thinking, oh, you know, you'll sleep better tonight if you do that. Um, so they've done that. And then the other one, which I remember thinking about, was not really a mistake, but when I first moved to Sony, I needed more memory cards. Uh, because of the, the, the sheer number of images that I was taking, so bought uh, memory cards off Amazon. Uh, just tried them, didn't prep them enough, didn't test them enough. Went to a wedding and I remember thinking like, this buff has taken a long time to clear on the on these new memory cards. And eventually, they just stopped. When the bride was walking down the aisle, it just stopped. It just said memory card error. So I had a you know an internal heart attack. Um, thankfully, I had two cameras on me the whole time, so I could get the rest of the bride walking down the aisle on the other camera. But then during that ceremony, I remember taking the Sony, thought, I'm not going to touch this, I'm going to take it back to the car, replace it with my other DSLR. Because when I first started shooting Sony, I was one one mirrorless, one DSLR. So when I went back to shooting full DSLR mode, tried when I got to the reception and sat down, uh, when everyone was sat down for the food, I, I got the other camera out, it was still showing a memory card error, I was having kittens. Thankfully, when I got back, the, the images were there, uh, bar that the last 10 or so before, the, just as the bride walking down the aisle, one of the last images had a black line going across it. Anyway, long story short, it was counterfeit cards. Um, and I got away with it. That They were there, but but if I would have carried on using it or yeah. whatever, then it, I, I would have had a bigger yeah, problem. It's, it's so prevalent on, on Amazon. But yeah. funnily enough, I remember my very, very first wedding. Um, I had read up 
you know, you should always have a backup. You know, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. But back in those days, the camera had only had a single card slot because, yeah. you know, it, it was very uncommon to have dual card slots back in those days. I yeah. couldn't know with single Yeah. Slots. But, uh, and so I sat down at the wedding breakfast and I thought, I'll bring my little laptop with me and I'll back up. And I plugged the card in and I opened the drive and it was just gobbledygook. Oh. And it was just pure gobbledygook. And I was like, uh-oh. So, so I put the card away. You know, it's just like, don't panic, don't yeah. panic, carry on, carry on. And uh, luckily, I, I ran a battery of um, you know, recovery programs on it, and I managed to get most back. So the bride and groom have never known any different, but there was about 20 photos which had issues with corrupted wow. files. So I had to go in, and literally there was lines across it, and I had to use Photoshop and try and do the best oh, I could to, to like clone in the bits that were missing. Wow. Oh, and was that yeah. a counterfeit card? No, it was, ironically, it was a card. It, well, it wasn't a branded card. It wasn't like a Sandy's or anything, but it was a card I'd used loads of times before yeah. and it had never been an issue. And then on my very first wedding day. <gasps> That's scary. Like, oh, How would you go back and shoot another? Exactly. I think, like, oh, I, on goodness. my very first wedding as well, I was like, oh. Wow. Just, just, sorry, just, I've got to say, just to show you like how I didn't have a clue what I was doing when I first started. For the first Three years of shooting weddings, I on that Nikon D70, I would have only had one camera for a start, and I only had maybe one or two memory cards. This is this is awful, and I would you I took with me a little Epson uh, hard drive which had a screen on it, so I could download the cards or, like portably, like at the wedding itself. Download them. What I'd then do, and this is this is ridiculously stupid, although I was just so naive and idiotic i would at the wedding if the card was getting nearly full i would download it onto that hard drive at the wedding then put the card back into the camera and format it and then carry on shooting so i would put in all my eggs in that portable hard drive basket i then eventually although i carried on using that got more cards i got to the stage where i wasn't using multi or wasn't reformatting the cards at the wedding but i did that for two or three years but i carried on using that but i had new you know i, I would buy enough cards so in other words i would still download them but then not format them put them back in my camera bag and i was doing a wedding at Salisbury hall in preston and i dropped that hard drive it didn't matter at this point but it just it couldn't withstand the drop. It it just broke. And if that would have happened, the first two or three years, I would have. I don't know what would have happened. Uh, I think stupid. Uh, the 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 other one I, I just thought I'd mention. Um, uh, I was second shooting for a, a friend of mine, and we were at the church. And you know, as you do, you 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 get the rings off the best man. And photograph the rings. Oh God, I know where this is going. We yeah. all know where this is going. Oh. As I was returning the rings, oh. I don't know how it happened. To this day, I don't know how it happened. But the ring, one of the rings, the bride's ring, just jumped out of my hand. Literally. Jumped out. It literally jumped out. I don't know how it happened, and it rolled down the aisle and then just slid into a little. Oh, pod. honestly, and I was sweating. I was sweating. <laughs> Long story short, we, we searched for it and everybody searched for it. The groom, the best man, the groomsman. And it felt like an hour, but probably more like a minute. We found the ring or a little old lady found the ring. Oh. And to this day, I still hate taking photos of rings. Yeah. I that is, whenever I can. Do. It's hard to think of a much more worse experience oh. than losing a bride's wedding ring. Do you remember when you spilt an orange shield over Brad's dress? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yes, I managed oh, to knock over yeah. a glass of orange juice. It went over the bride's dress. 
how she didn't lay into me and keep calm i have no idea and she laid into a few other suppliers yeah she 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 didn't mince the words with other suppliers but somehow with me she was absolutely fine what What point of the day was this oh this was during prep (gasps) this was during prep she was just in the dress yeah yeah we shouldn't even get married. No, exactly. Oh, I know. No, so it just goes to show, you know, you know, people sometimes think professionals don't make mistakes. Oh, but they do. I oh, think, yeah. I, I say that one that the group shot when I was mentioning where the camera's on timer was was four days, three days ago. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, well, we've gone massively much Sorry. longer than I thought we <laughs> would. No, no, this is, it's been so much fun. But thank you so much for your time. I, I guess the the last thing I want to just ask each of you is. If there was just one tip you could give to someone who's just starting out now, what would that be? I think I know what mine is. You go first. It's one then. of two. It's one of two. And it's what I said, I think I mentioned earlier, but I honestly, I think network, get to know as many people as you can because you'll advance as a photographer, you'll, you'll learn off them. It's also a very lonely industry if you don't have people around you who can relate to the job that you do because i'm you know a lot of my friends and family still think i only work one day a week whereas we all know you know it's not that but people just don't understand the stresses that we face and it is you know in many ways it's the best job in the world but it's also as we've just been saying there is so much stress and things can go wrong so having a network of people around you who can relate to that you know that network can also provide you with bookings we mentioned earlier they can also provide you with uh, support if anything goes wrong you know there's no end of advantages to having a good network around you so i would say go out reach out to other suppliers and be make make friends with them not just online go out meet them in person and just build relationships yeah and i think teacher helen would um would just say that you know photography is something that you can never ever complete it's not like oh i know everything there is to know about photography now nailed it um, I think regardless how naturally creative you are or how much people say you've got an eye for photography, there's always more to learn. And there's so many amazing resources out there at the moment from, like I said, Patreons to um, online workshops to in-person workshops. So it really would just a bit, just know that everyone, we're all at different stages. You know, someone like Neil who's been shooting, you know, for so many years, I'm nice. sure... I'm sure, but you know, all of us, we're all at different stages on our journey, but no one, no one will ever complete this mission or this journey in terms of becoming better photographers. So just always know that you need to invest, whether it's, you know, through in-person workshops, whether it's shooting with other photographers, offering to hold their bags or hold their lights, um, to just, like I said, as Neil mentioned earlier, getting models or practicing on the cat, etc. You know, this is going to be, if you want to be good and this is what you want to do as a career, this isn't just a, you know, I'm going to take a few courses and know everything. Just be prepared and be willing to constantly learn and not have too much of an ego and always know that there's other photographers will always have something that they can teach you as well. So yeah, it's just all about learning and it's just to enjoy the, the enjoy the journey instead of trying to reach the destination maybe. I don't know if that's a, is that a, is that any good? good. It's a, yeah, that, that sounds. <laughs> good. That's Did good. it sound deep? <laughs> yeah, just learn and practice. Practice. Yeah. No, I think that that's two very very good tips there. And, and lastly, if people want to find out more about you guys, where where, where should where's the best place to go? 
Oh, well, for me, I'm never on social media these days, but if they want to <laughs> have a little search for Helen Williams photography, maybe I'll, I'll come back to life on, on the gram, etc. Um, obviously, our joint venture, which is Flashmasters, which provides education and awards for off-camera flash images. Um, that's obviously flashmasters.co. And from there, you can link off to all of our different social media sites. Yeah, and I'm just neilredfern.com. Everything should be linked there. All right. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you so much, Marcy. I really appreciate this. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, we've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much.